Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk with the Doc, the show where we bring your questions to medical experts for insight and information. I'm your host, Mary Renoff, and here with me today is Dr. Natalia Kovarubius Eckert, a specialist in physical medicine and rehabilitation with St. Jude Medical Center in California. Today, we're answering your questions about the St. Jude Post-COVID Recovery Program. Remember, everyone, most of our questions come from our listeners via social media. We can be found on Twitter and Facebook at Providence and on Instagram under Providence Health Systems. Use the hashtag Talk with a Doc, that's hashtag Talk with a Doc, for a chance to hear your questions on our episodes. Before we start, I want our listeners to know that the information provided during this program is for educational purposes only. You should always consult a healthcare provider if you have any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment. So let's get started by welcoming our expert today. Hi, Natalia. Good morning. Well, thank you for joining us. I'm going to start you off with an easy one. Tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself and your role with the organization. So I am a physical medicine and rehabilitation specialist. I also specialize in pain management. I actually did my residency here in Southern California at UC Irvine, and I'm currently seeing patients at Providence St. Jude in Fullerton. I'm the medical director for the inpatient rehab program, as well as our outpatient back pain program. And then more recently, I also was able to develop our St. Jude post-COVID rehab program. Um, Basically, what my specialty does is we really help people when they've sustained a life-changing or life-altering event, like a stroke, a brain injury, or something as simple as a sports injury. And so treating patients who are having ongoing issues post-COVID was a natural transition for us as well. I mostly work within the hospitals, and that's with patients who can't leave the hospital because they can't do basics like walk, dress, or bathe. But then I also see patients on the outpatient side who also have difficulty with those tasks, and that would include patients who have um, post-COVID issues. Well, it's interesting with the post-COVID, we've we've actually had a couple of guests on our show who have recovered from COVID, and, and one of them actually was in the ICU and, and had to be, you know, rolled over and, and really didn't think they were going to make it. And I think that the part that we've been all kind of learning is what that recovery process is and how hard it is. I mean, learning sometimes to walk, sometimes to breathe, sometimes to even swallow and eat has been a challenge for many people. So can you talk to us a little bit about what COVID recovery really entails? So it's a very diverse group. So like you mentioned, there are patients who have been within the hospital who are in the intensive care unit, who were intubated, who had tracheostomies to help them breathe, and peg tubes to help give them food, who needed to be turned 24 hours a day. And those patients, if they survive it, actually quite a few of them have made some good recoveries. For example, we've had some that have been in the hospital for five months and left the hospital walking. It was very difficult for them and they still have some weakness that they're working on once they go home, but they've made a miraculous recovery. Now there's the other ones that have been never hospitalized. They, some of them were not even diagnosed with COVID formally with a positive test, but just had symptoms, stayed home as they were told to do, and then continue to have symptoms, whether that be some shortness of breath, fatigue, and then are continuing to have those symptoms. So some people are recovering 100% and others are having more long-term symptoms and we're still learning a lot about it. So one of the things people mention when it comes to COVID recovery is long haulers. And I think that's you know part of, of the conversation we're having today. Can you describe that or explain what that means? So long haulers 
is also now termed post-acute sequela of SARS-CoV-2 or PASC. And this is when someone has passed the acute phase for COVID-19. So for example, when you first have your symptoms, you may have had fever, loss of smell, you just didn't feel well for a couple of days, but then some of the symptoms may be developing afterwards. So the, or the fatigue continues or you get brain fog. And the hard part is there's so many different presentations of long haulers or pests that every patient is very individual. So some common symptoms are fatigue, brain fog, shortness of breath. They can have cough or joint pain, anxiety and depression or headaches. Their heart rate can be elevated for no reason and loss of smell, just to name a few. And when it comes to long haulers, do you, how do you really diagnose it? How do you know that somebody has it versus maybe just it's taking a long time to recover or that they have a new condition? So that is a very good question. The, really, the main idea is, one, if they have a positive test, it's pretty easy. Then we say, okay, it's likely related to the COVID-19 diagnosis. But then also, like you're mentioning, we do need to rule out other conditions. So when these patients do come, we want to make sure that we're not missing something else. Like, do they have a new, a different viral infection? Is it the flu? Is it something else? So doctors do look at other symptoms to see if it's something else. But if you're just having generalized fatigue, shortness of breath, then those things seem to suggest that the patient has continued to have long haulers when everything else and all the other tests are completely normal. So routine tests can be done by a physician. And once somebody, well, and, and I guess I should ask the question, like, is it my primary care physician that I go to or do I need to see a specialist like you? So initially, patients are tending to see primary care physicians just because they're easier to get into. And especially if you don't think it's related to COVID, if you don't think you ever had COVID, obviously go see your primary care physician. But if you may have had COVID-19 or you have been diagnosed and you're continuing to have symptoms, then a specialist would be recommended because they have a team approach to helping diagnose and treat ongoing symptoms. Well, it's, it's interesting. Part of the reason I'm super excited about this conversation today is I've had a couple of people tell me, oh, I think you have long haulers because I had COVID very early on. I think last toward the end of February, early March last year. Um, and I've kind of had this like if I like last weekend, I worked really hard out on the farm, two full days, like 15, 16 hour days. And then Monday, I just felt drained and exhausted. My head hurt. It was hard to get out of bed. And then two days later, here I am. I'm totally fine. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's very, it's happened to me quite frequently. And, and people keep telling me, oh, it's long haulers. And I thought, how would I even really know? Like, do I just schedule an appointment with my doctor and say, hey, I, I, I'm having these kind of weird fatigue things, things that maybe don't make sense. I mean, how do people really generally approach that if they think they might have it? So you're correct. And the hard part is that people just have these vague symptoms and there's no real test. So we can't send a test and say, yes, you definitely have long haulers. It's more of the fact that it seems you may have had COVID or yes, you had a positive test. These are the general symptoms we're seeing associated with long haulers or PASC. And then these are the ways that we can help treat it to help you optimize your function in general. So talk to me about uh, let's just say I've I've come in, I've gotten the diagnosis, we've we've determined, we think, right? Maybe as, as close as we can that it's long haulers. What happens next? How do I treat it? How do I rehab it? How long does it last? Do we even know? So unfortunately, because every person has such a 
variety of symptoms, it has to be a very individualized approach. So it really depends on what your underlying presentation is. So say, for example, the biggest issue is fatigue and difficulty doing basic tasks. And generally what we'll have people do is go through physical therapy where they work on pacing and prioritizing activities that the person needs to do and then gradually ramping up their activity. We treat it like we would treat other conditions. So people who have, say, fibromyalgia or chronic pain or cancer, we're taking those approaches for helping people's symptoms and using it towards patients who have long haulers or PASC. I think you kind of touched on this, but if if you have long haulers, are you still positive for COVID or is it just that you had COVID and this is a long-term consequence? I don't know that I completely understand. So that is also still undergoing investigation. What happens is that, say you tested positive and we retest you again weeks later. These may still be positive and we don't know why. Some patients are continuing to test positive months later where others are not. So really it has no clinical value for us to retest, which means we don't do anything different with that information unless you have a new onset of symptoms thinking that you have a reinfection, that's where it gets difficult. But if you just continue to have just this generalized fatigue, shortness of breath, brain fog, that repeat positive test possibly would change nothing. And we're still learning more about it. This is fascinating. I feel like if I talk to you next week, I might have different answers. And the week after that, I might have different answers. Mm-hmm. Um, are there are there some people who are most at risk for this? Is it is it the elderly? Is it somebody who maybe has chronic asthma? What what would kind of lead somebody to actually get long haulers? At this time, we still don't know who's more at risk of getting long hauler symptoms. So in general, patients who are more likely to get COVID nineteen are then at risk of getting long haulers. So if you have underlying say diabetes, hypertension, cancer, immunosuppressed, those things would make you more predisposed to COVID-19, but not necessarily long haulers. We're still working on that correlation. Well, and I know, I mean, you've talked about the fact that symptoms kind of vary by people, but are there kind of a few check marks that everybody seems to have when it comes to this symptoms or things that they experience? There is not a general consensus. There's not say you have to have these symptoms in order to be diagnosed with it, but the most common one would be fatigue or generalized malaise. Um, Also feelings of depression or sadness are also pretty common as well. But there again is no checkbox to say this, you need these to be diagnosed with it. I've heard quite a few, a few people talk about brain fog. Is, is that something you're seeing? And what actually is that? Yes. So brain fog is where someone has difficulty concentrating on basic tasks or remembering information. So for example, say, you know, I have a schedule where I have things I need to do. I forget my schedule, whereas normally I'm usually on top of it and I remember everything I need to do or you're in the middle of cooking and you forget what you're supposed to be doing. So just that basic attention to details and the tasks that you're doing and people are having difficulty with, and it is quite common. What about like for 
not necessarily forgetting, but like having a hard time thinking of the words that you want to say. And 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 I've been I'm <laughs> I'm having my own personal diagnosis here, Doc. You know, I for me it, lately it's been a lot of that, right? Like I'm just I'm feel exhausted or I'm just really tired. But some of it too is I'm struggling to put the words together to say what I'm trying to say. I know in my head what I'm trying to say, and I've never experienced that before. Is that anything that you've heard? Is that kind of a brain fog situation? Yes. That is one example of a brain fog as well. So, and that's the hard part, like I mentioned, that people have such a variety of symptoms that there's just so many of them and everyone has just a slightly different presentation, but that is one that we have been seeing. And is this pretty typical of, you know, a a pandemic type of a situation? I mean, did we see this many, many years ago with the last pandemic? Did we see it with Ebola? Did we see it with SARS? Like, is this new that we're seeing this kind of long-term side effect situation from from a pandemic type of a case? Well, this is not common with other infections, but we did see it with the previous um, pandemic, but it wasn't as large scale because it was a smaller population that had it. Well, this is fascinating, and I can't wait to, to to dig into this a little bit more, but we do have to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, we'll continue discussing long haulers and the COVID recovery program of St. Jude. Closest friend, my strength in days gone mad. But I spent my time in shallow sheets, I should have seen your hand. I didn't see the signs, was blinded by the lights and lost where I belong. I thought that we grow old, give kids our bad advice. Now I'm alone, you went and left me with these sleepless nights. You took my warmth and soul, left me with doubt and cold. Is this where I Better run for cover There's no one here to save you from yourself When you'll discover it's hard You don't know how to carry on Gone are the days of young Better run for cover When everything you love is lying six feet under Spent wondering why And I get mad inside Did you fight back or even try You didn't see the signs so blinded by the lights You lost where you came from We're not so different We grew up wanting more But I found it easy Cause I left my morals at the door You took an honest heart And watched it fall apart You lost before you started
We are back on Talk with a Doc, and today we have Dr. Natalia with us, and we've been talking about the St. Jude Post-COVID Recovery Program, and very specifically, we've been talking about long haulers. Um, right before, we were talking about kind of this brain fog and exhaustion. How do people really know, though, if like their exhaustion is maybe from depression or their exhaustion is because you mentioned like chronic fatigue syndrome? How would somebody know what these symptoms they're experiencing might be long haulers, or do they really just need to make an appointment and come in and find out? So we typically compare to how they were doing before their diagnosis with COVID. Obviously, you should see your specialist or primary care physician to be formally diagnosed with it because, like I mentioned, there could be a variety of other medical conditions that it could be. But if you were functioning normally before COVID-19 and then afterwards you're having these symptoms, it's most likely due to that. Um, But there are screening tools and tests that we can do to make sure that we're not missing a different diagnosis other than long haulers. Well, let's say we've we've gotten the diagnosis, we're working with you, we're in the post-COVID-19 rehab program. What happens? What are the treatments that you do? What are the programs? How long do I stay with you? Talk to me a little bit about what you guys are doing. So for each patient, again, it's individualized because everybody is so different in their presentation. But you would get a comprehensive assessment by one of our therapists. So that would be likely either physical or occupational therapy. And we have screening tools to look at a variety of different conditions. And then you may also need to go through speech therapy or respiratory therapy and may even need to be referred to a physiatrist like myself or psychologist or other specialist. So depending on the presentation and what things are being affected, then we'll make the appropriate referrals and treatment. For example, for patients who continue to have shortness of breath or high heart rate, we would send them to go see a pulmonologist and a cardiologist as well if need be, um, but also while doing therapy in tandem with the specialists. Because really what we're seeing is that uh, the therapy does help optimize people's function and get them back to doing the activities they were doing before. Um, what happens is some people only need a few sessions of therapy, you know, depending on how mild their symptoms are, whereas others who have more severe debility, especially those, say, that were in the hospital who are really weak, they may be going to therapy for weeks. So it just depends on their deficit. And you, I know you've you've talked a little bit about therapy and that sort of thing. Talk to me about the mental health aspect of, of this kind of long-term situation. So we are finding that depression, anxiety, and post-traumatic um, stress is very common in these patients. And so working with a psychologist, we feel is really important. Our therapists at our rehab center do also part of the mental health screening. It's something that they're very used to, but also I think seeing the psychologist to help people cope with these changes is really important. People who were functioning normally, very active, working, playing with their children, are no longer able to do that because of these new symptoms. And that can really cause these symptoms, the, the symptoms of depression and anxiety. And so that's why the working with the psychologist is really important. Is some of the, the treatment and the sessions that you guys are offering, are they virtual or is everything in person? For the rehab portion, they are all in person. The wellness portion, which typically most people do once they're more functional, 
is online or virtual. Makes sense. Are you seeing any success with the program or high success rates or have you been doing it long enough to really know? Yes, we are seeing a lot of improvement and in different areas. So again, it depends on what the patient is having. But for example, people who were on oxygen in the hospital, not able to walk are now off oxygen walking. And then even those patients that were not hospitalized that were unable to get off the couch because they were so tired and unable to play with their children are now up doing those activities again. So we are seeing a lot of success. I would say there hasn't been a patient that hasn't responded to therapy. Now, I can't say all of them are back to 100%, but we've seen improvement in every patient that we've seen. Can we dig in a little bit more on kind of some of the treatments you're using? So maybe if it's the brain fog or if it's the exhaustion, are there specific treatments that work better for those uh, kind of symptoms? Yes. So for brain fog and exhaustion, typically a lot of it is pacing. So not going out and doing all your activities at once. You need to break them up into little bits at a time with rest breaks. And then also with brain fog, initially it's using compensatory techniques like writing notes or having reminder alarms, but then also working with the speech therapist because they have specific homework and activities that they have you do to improve that. So you're telling me I shouldn't go out and do two 17-hour days of farm work? (laughs) Probably not a good idea. Maybe break it up into little pieces. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Um, Well, what about someone who was recently diagnosed with COVID? Is there anything that they can do to maybe reduce the risk of getting long haulers later? Or is it just something that happens here and there and we can't really control it? Currently, there's nothing that we know of that reduces the risk of long haulers when you contract COVID-19. So really, the only way is to decrease your risk of getting the virus overall. And what about the vaccine? We know obviously the vaccine reduces your risk of getting it. So then theoretically you wouldn't have long haulers, but if you've already had COVID in the past, should you still get the vaccine? Yes, it is strongly recommended and CDC recommends waiting 90 days from when you're diagnosed with COVID to get the vaccine, but it is strongly recommended. I know there have been a few case reports of people saying that they actually felt better when they've had long color symptoms and received the vaccine, but it's still too early to tell if there's any clinical significance in that. What about the different strains or the variants that we're seeing? Are, are they having any different effects on, on either whether you get long haulers or what those symptoms are or how long it lasts? At this time, the variants individually, we don't see a specific correlation to long haulers, but If you have a strain that is more infectious, so you're going to infect more people, then we would also assume that more people are going to get long haulers. So when I was when I was learning a little bit about your program, you've got kind of the rehab program and then you have the wellness program. Can you tell me a little bit about each of them and or maybe how they differ? Yeah. So the rehab program um, does require a referral from a physician. And that's where you get that team approach where it'd be a physical, occupational, speech therapist, psychologist, and physiatrist all working to coordinate that care. And that one is covered by insurance plans. And that one, we're specifically focusing on 
what issues are you having that are limiting you in your current day-to-day -day life and how can we make it better? That one you do in person and it is one-on-one -on -one with our therapist. The wellness program is online and really targets general health and well-being while focusing on common symptoms that people have with long haulers. So they work on breathing techniques, good nutrition, and general exercise and stretching programs for long-term health. Well, we had a, a question come in from Luke on Facebook, and he said, once I start your program, how soon should I expect to see a difference in my symptoms? So everyone is different. And again, it depends on the severity and what symptoms they're having. Some people will have improvement just within a couple sessions, whereas others may take weeks for them to see improvement. So it just depends on what it is. Um, for example, I feel like the exhaustion or the fatigue and brain fog will see improvements just within a couple sessions initially. Um, but people who have, say, neurologic injury because of COVID, say they have dropped foot, something a little bit more severe, those ones are going to take a lot longer. Well, we had another question, and I think you touched a little bit on this earlier, but if 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 we're talking specifically long haulers, do the symptoms typically set in right after you've recovered from COVID? Can it be onset be months later? Could it be a year later? Or do we even really know? So we are seeing all of the above. There are patients who have the symptoms right away with their COVID diagnosis, and then they never really leave. There are others where they feel like they've recovered somewhat from COVID, and then a couple weeks later, a couple months later, they have worsening. And then there's also those with long haulers that say they have these symptoms, and then they have periods where they're better, periods where they're worse, where it really comes and goes, and so that we're still learning about. Do you know or have you had patients come in that are experiencing these symptoms that seem like it's long haulers and they think they had COVID, but they never really had a positive test? Because I know we've had many, many people say, well, I think I had COVID very early on, but nobody really knew what it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and that's the hard part is I feel like people who were never formally diagnosed with a positive test are more scared to ask for help because they don't really know what happened to them. And so they just assume there's something wrong, but we don't know what it is. But we are treating them as if they had COVID and they have long haulers because it makes sense when they're describing their symptoms and these people need to be treated just as if they had a positive test. What about someone listening who maybe has COVID right now? Is there anything you would you would tell them like, hey, make sure that you get enough rest while you're recovering or make sure that you, you know, you actually spend the time to recover? Is, is there anything that you would give advice to somebody who might be going through it right now? So for just prevention of long haulers, again, there's nothing that we know. But in general, just while you're trying to recover from a viral infection is definitely rest drink lots of water, and quarantine so that way you don't give it to other people. Well, that seems like pretty sound advice. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, is there anything you would recommend to um, anybody who maybe hasn't had COVID yet just to prevent it? Obviously, there's the vaccine, there's the hand washing. Is there anything that you guys have learned lately that maybe is new? Unfortunately, no. Biggest thing is distancing, hand washing, masking, and the vaccines. As sticking with those basic information is the best at this time. 
Do you know if programs like yours exist, you know, in other places or is this pretty unique to kind of have this post-COVID long hauler specialty area? These programs are not very common. Um, They're mostly been developed, you know, when the patient started appearing. So a year ago, we started realizing that this was an issue. So they are more in academic centers and they're scattered throughout the nation. Um, But there's only a handful of them really throughout our area. And then most of them are really still under development because we're still learning so much. Well, one of the questions we got said, why headaches? Why are headaches so common? Is that something you guys have figured out yet? So they think it has to do with the way that the virus is infecting us, that it has to go through, like, so for example, people lose smell, that they feel like that has something to do with how we're getting headaches. So the neurologic manifestations um, and inflammation we're still learning about as well. Um, But again, it's still very early. This is a tough one. I'm I'm so impressed with with you guys putting this program together because I feel like we're just going to learn more and more as this goes on. And what we're learning is: are there any differences in say long haulers and what people are experiencing here in the U.S. versus outside of the country? No, there's actually a lot of similarities, and a lot of the programs that were developed in the United States for post-COVID recovery were actually modeled after some programs that were international. And that's how we started. Um, I know when I first started learning about it, we were talking with other physiatrists in Texas, Chicago, New York, and we were having contact with people that were in Europe and China to see how they were treating patients and seeing it since they were the first ones to experience this. Well, I think we're going to have to check in with you in like three months or six months and see what you guys have learned and and if there's any changes. But we're pretty much out of time, but I want to toss it to you and give you one last chance. Is there anything else you want our listeners to know about long haulers or the post-COVID-19 rehab and wellness program that we haven't covered? I think the biggest thing is that if you're still experiencing symptoms is just ask for help. Like we touched on that even if you didn't have a positive diagnosis, don't be scared to advocate for yourself and ask for help. Because I know there are some physicians that aren't really familiar with this, and we're still learning so much that going to a specialized program would be recommended, especially if you're not getting the care that you need. I wonder if there's people out there like me who think they have it, but kind of don't want to know. Like, if you told me I had it, then I feel like I'd have to address it. And right now I can just pretend that it's fatigue, or I can just pretend that I'm having memory issues. But if you can get it better with a little bit of help, why not? That is very true. I like the, I like the way you think, Doc. I might have to call you later. We're not in the same area, but I might have to call you anyway. Um, no problem. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Doc, for, for joining us today on Talk with the Doc and to everyone for listening and sending in your questions. We look forward to future topics with more experts from Providence. If you'd like more information about the St. Jude Post-COVID Recovery Program or to make an appointment, please call 714-578-8720. Make sure to listen to future episodes on Dash Radio under Future of Health Radio or on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to follow us on social media. We can be found on Twitter and Facebook at Providence and on Instagram under Providence Health System. To learn more about our missions, programs, and services, visit Providence.org. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.